Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, October the 17th, 2022, and it is the day before the start of the NBA regular season. I cannot believe that it's here. Thank you for joining me. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I really do appreciate some of you jumping in here uh, to go over this first look and the entire preparation for the NBA season from the DFS standpoint that starts tomorrow. So what I'm going to do here throughout this uh, podcast is I'm going to go over every team in the league. We're going to go through it. Uh, and we won't spend a ridiculous amount of time, but enough that we're going to touch on each team, uh, the player movement that's taken place in the off season, just to get everybody up to speed on that. And then sort of what the look is. Are we going to have somebody that's going to jump up from a DFS standpoint and dominate early? Uh, are there going to be some prices we can take advantage of early on before things settle down and the prices correct themselves? Uh, we've been able to take advantage in the past early on in the NBA season of some mispriced players and some uh, unexpected surprises that we sort of saw coming. So we're going to go through that, and uh, you're welcome to throw any questions in chat as we're going. Um, I'll say hello to everybody here real quick, and uh, hopefully we have people jump in. Usually uh, when we go live, everybody gets an alert, and then they uh, pop in here little by little. And I know there's a lot of people out there super, super excited about the NBA start of the season just like me. So Aloysius 5, the first one in for NBA. I think Aloysius is sort of a crazy NBA fanatic like me. I can just tell from some of the comments and uh, just the excitement about it. So uh, fired up Aloysius to get after this with you and absolutely kill it again this season. David Dulac, how are you, my friend? Great to have you in there with us. Octavius Bailey, Aaron Sampson. What's going on, my friend? Niall Simmons, Rodney Pollard, uh, DJ's Mix. What's going on, man? Great to have you with us. I don't know if I've seen you in here that often. If you're new, welcome to the family. I think maybe we had you in here one or few time, two times. But uh, put you in, coach. You're ready to win. You know what? We're, you're in. You're getting a starting spot with us, DJ. Let's get it going. King of Smack, what's up, my friend? NBA crazy for sure. Boy from Cali, let's go. I got to go. The LFG uh, definitely comes out for the NBA. No question about it. Uh, we are going to crush it. If you haven't been with us before and you're new this, this season to NBA with Coach Talk, check us out uh, Check on the website. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, you could look at our past. I mean, I'm, as you could tell from behind me, I mean, my basketball has been my life other than my family, of course. Uh, forever. So uh, I have been into basketball from every which way but loose. And of course, part of that was NBA uh, DFS. When that started good eight, eight and a half years ago, I've jumped in and have done uh, very well in NBA, my, my best sport without question. And, uh, you know, as we do things here at Coach Talk, just to give a real quick thing, and then we're going to dive into these teams. Uh, you know, we do a combination of things. We Certainly look at all the ownership and statistics. We put our players in an optimizer. We go through all of the information. 
all the statistical analysis, everything that you can do from that world uh, that to give us every advantage. But there's a lot of people doing that. So what we added, Coach Talk, are a couple of different things. One, we put in our take, which is Coach Talk, what we're all about. We hand-build some lineups. We're watching all of the stuff that makes the big difference. If you listen to my podcast on a daily basis, we'll do seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts. I'm watching everything but the ball. I want to see who's moving without it, what the reactions are, guys, when they check in and out of games, uh, how are their teammates acting towards each other, what's the body language, what's the, how are they working to get the ball uh, on the glass when the ball goes up. You know, you, you, stats and things that you can't measure and see but make the difference and the things that coaches are watching and things that take place with rotations and who they count on in clutch time and at the end of games. And so we combine all of that, uh, really a lifetime of knowledge of watching the game with all the statistical analysis. Then what we teach here at Coach Talk, which is most important more than anything else that you'll do in DFS, are two things, bankroll management and contest selection. And if I if you learn anything from me at Coach Talk, those two things are so key. Because if it doesn't matter how good you are, what tools you have, if you don't do it right with bankroll management and contest selection, you're going to get beat in the long run. But if you do those two things right, you've got a chance for sustainable growth in your bankroll over time, and you can uh, beat this. There's no question about it. But remember, most people are going to be reloading and reloading, and that's what we're going to do different here at Coach Talk. So, all right. Great to see you in here with us. Joe K, what's up, my friend? MB, and the one and only Josh Crash Davis. So great to see you, buddy. All right. We're going to do this. We're going to go over every team, throw any questions in there. If you think I'm crazy about somebody, um, let me know. I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, Faku Kampazu. Kampazu is signed by the Mavericks to be the backup to the backup point guard. But I think it's fun because he played ball on the professional level with Luca when he was very young. Like Luca was like 16. So he knows him from way back. They're buddies. And uh, Mr. Kampazu is a fiery up uh, kind of dude. So what a perfect bench guy. I love it. That cracks me up. Uh, that is too funny. All right, Octavius, what's up, my buddy? How are you, friend? All right, here we go. We're going after this. I'm fired up. We're going to go Western Conference first and then Eastern Conference. And guess what? We get to start with, come on, Dirk, let's hear it, Dallas Mavericks. So key additions, obviously, Christian Wood and JaVale McGee are new additions. They lost Jalen Brunson, and don't get me started on that shit because I will go off because that was mismanaged. They lose Jalen Brunson for nothing, but we're not going to talk about it. We're going to get past it because the Mavs are good this year. That was just a, a front office mis mismanagement. So, uh, you know, to replace Brunson is going to be very brutally difficult. And they did get to the Western Conference final. A lot of it's going to have to do with how good is uh, Tim Hardaway coming back from the injury? And is Spencer Dinwiddie going to step up like he did in the playoffs? So, Looks like for the Mavs, uh, it's going to be Doncic, Hardaway, Bullock, Finney-Smith, and JaVale McGee. 
Now, what it does change for the Mavericks is their defensive uh, prowess. They played good defense yesterday, or yesterday. It felt like yesterday, last season, uh, and through the playoffs, but it was without really a dominant defensive center. Uh, and it's JaVale McGee is that. I mean, he definitely is a defensive presence, and he's a terrific roller to the rim for the Luka lobs, which he's the best lobber in the business, in my opinion. And uh, I think it's going to be a good fit there. So my expectation for Mavericks games early on, I think their defense is going to be sound. Finney Smith is a terrific defender. I do expect Luka to even have a better year this year. I think he's going to be the MVP of the league. He's my prediction, not because he's my favorite player. It's just that the production, you know, not having Brunson there, sort of combining Hardaway and Dinwiddie to fill that spot, and then having really a 3-and-D guy in Bullock and a defensive guy in Finney-Smith and McGee. And then after that, you know, it's Christian Wood that's going to be the key off that bench. He's going to have to supply uh, some help for Luka. But early on, as far from a DFS standpoint, you'll find me getting going with Luka early, no question. Because uh, his price is high, but it's going to be worth it. And then probably not many of other of the Mavericks. I think Christian Wood coming off the bench, his price is going to be a little high. I think Hardaway and Dinwiddie, same thing. They'll be splitting minutes. So it's going to be pretty much uh, attacking the Luka aspect of things with the Mavericks. Uh, team two, we're going to go right to the Denver Nuggets. They add uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and a bunch of other uh, subs. Uh, they lose Will Barton and Monte Morris and Jermichael Green, Austin Rivers, and then, of course, Mr. Campazzo. But uh, really not a ton of changes there, except that they get their guys healthy. And Caldwell Pope's a big ad. I mean, people don't realize what a great defensive player he is. He's one of the best on-ball perimeter defenders in the league. He really is. And getting Jamal Murray back, of course, is going to be massive for them and getting Michael Porter Jr. back. So they, you know, they made a, a decent run last year with uh, the Joker being the MVP and not having two of their best players. So I just read something, though, that that uh, Coach Malone is going to bring Murray and Porter on fairly slowly. So not extended minutes for either guy. So they'll be we're going to avoid them early on in DFS and uh, focus on the Joker, and then on uh, at occasion you can look at Aaron Gordon, but you have to pick your spots when he's going against a team that doesn't defend the power forward spot well. Um, he can rebound and and get it done, but uh, it will be a touch and go there. Off the bench, really, Bones Highland is the key guy. Uh, their bench is not as deep, but I think Bones will play a big role, and especially when they're bringing Murray on slowly, I think could be a good play early in the year. Um, but it'll be, you know, the main guys there easing into some of the guys coming back from season ending, ending injuries from last year. So um, very interesting there. All right, let's see. Any comments in here? Because I love going, I could go back and forth, talk basketball forever. I do like Christian Wood a lot. I, I do. I think he's, a fantastic ad and Luca has played real well with him in the preseason. So I'm with you. Uh, King is back. I think he's going to have a good season. I just want to make sure that his minutes are going to be, excuse me, going to be sound enough before rostering or uh, early on. 
uh, 70 plus a night for Joker. I mean, I'll tell you what, if he's going to have those big, big nights, I think they're going to be earlier in the season until Murray and Porter get back to full speed. So you will find, uh, you know, some Luca and Joker lineups for me and then uh, going to the bench. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, will Murray be the same? I don't know. You know, that's a great question. Uh, Murray, uh, you know, he's got great ability. We'll see where, uh, you know, how he's going to come back physically. Um, he certainly counts on his physicality to be a great player. So I'm with you. I'm a little bit concerned and, uh, we're going to have to follow that closely just to see how he progresses. And you got to remember with injuries like that, sometimes it takes at least a half a season to get back to where you want to be. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of patience needed and I certainly will not be pushing the, the Murray button early on. Uh, to Prince, what's going on, man? I am fired up for NBA. Uh, too. So I'm going nuts here. All right, we're moving on. Uh, it's only team three. This could take a while, but you know what? It's basketball, man. We could talk back. I could talk to from now till the opening tip tomorrow night. All right. Golden State Warriors, your defending champs. They added uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, and uh, they lost Gary Payton, Otto Porter, Bielitsa, Lee, Toscano Anderson. So they did lose some of that bench but they have all their young guys ready to, to roll. So Golden State is a dangerous team. If they can get uh, Draymond Green not to punch everybody out on the entire team, uh, they could be phenomenal because they've got, of course, the mixture of, of those veterans and in, in Curry, Thompson, and, and Green. Iguodala hanging on for one more year. Looney still hanging in there. And then Poole just signed that $100 million plus contract is really coming into his own. And an amazing threesome of young players that they got in the year they tanked and finished last. They got Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman. And those three guys aren't just young players. They're good young players. So uh, as they develop and the other guys, you know, obviously getting a little older, great mixture for Steve Kerr there. And they're going to be a, a really good team, I think, throughout the year. From DFS standpoint, though, you know, we saw some major chinks in the Draymond Green armor. You know, he used to make his number by getting seven assists and four steals. And, you know, he'd find a way to get there. But uh, it's very, you know, far and few between when he gets those good scoring games anymore. And I think uh, I'll be very leery of going to Green early on. Uh, I think, you know, on a given night, depending on the matchup, and again, we'll be creating lineups re regarding who they're playing uh, as one of the biggest points of emphasis, but Curry and Thompson will always be in play. If one of them is going to be uh, sad or rested, which they'll do at times, those games I'm going to automatically go to Jordan Poole because he'll be the guy that will more than likely step up in those scenarios. The The big key for, thing for me is I, I think James Wiseman's a talent. And I would like, I think they'll eventually go to him over Looney. Now, I know Looney won a championship. He was concrete in the middle and got it done. And he's going to have a role. But I think if they really want to continue forward, I think Wiseman's a key factor. And same thing with Jonathan Kaminga. Those two especially are going to be guys I'm going to be watching earlier because I think they're going to be a big part of their offense and, uh, and uh, definitely will be worthy from a DFS standpoint. So that should be uh, very, very interesting. All right. 
We're going to the next team. It is the Houston Rockets. They get Boban. Boban's on my poster back here. I love Boban. Jabari Smith and Torrey Eason, the two big rookies uh, that they took in the top uh, 10 picks or seven picks, whatever it was. They're both really good. Jabari, Jabari Smith was supposed to be the next big thing, ended up going third overall and still has a little work to do. Torrey Eason, on the other hand, the second guy they took in the first round early, uh, is played better in the preseason, looked better in, in summer league, and I think he's going to have a decent role uh, as well. Um, we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to be rostering Jabari Smith earlier. I think that uh, Houston has a lot of guys that can score the ball, and they're young, and they're going to want the ball. So for me, the jury's still out on Smith, and I want to see what how much of a role Eason's going to play. They may not you know, cancel each other out a little bit early on for me. When I focus on Houston, who lost Christian Wood, John Wall, Dennis Schroeder, uh, were the guys they lost. It's their young guys. It's, you know, the baton has been passed. These guys are good. And it's Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, and uh, Mr. Shengun. Shengun. Those three guys are the guys I'll be focusing on with Houston. Shengun is a scoring center. He's an offensive DFS center. And I think he's a great play on a lot of nights, especially when the matchup's right. Um, and then Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are terrific. I mean, there were some games Jalen Green had uh, at, at last year that were just uh, this guy's going to be a star kind of games. And Kevin Porter just signed a huge contract. So you got Kevin Porter, who was thrown off the Cavs for acting like an idiot, gets in trouble all the time, gets over there, and now he gets a $100 million contract or whatever. Unbelievable. But he's playing well, and he's terrific player. So you know, Green, Porter, Jengun are going to be in a lot of coaches' lineups here, believe me. And I'm going third person on you. So you know it's NBA season if I'm going third person. But as far as off the bench, they still have Eric Gordon. Why the hell is Eric Gordon on this team? I like Eric Gordon. He can shoot the ball. Why he's on this team, I have no idea. I thought they were going to trade him 100 times in the last two years. So he does not fit on this team. I don't know why he's there. Not sure the role he's even going to have. Um, looks like Jay Sean Tate will probably start at the small forward. So he may even come off the bench. So we'll see if he lasts there or what goes on uh, from there. They also uh, drafted Ty Ty Washington, who's got some potential, and KJ Martin, who can definitely jump out of the building. So nice young team if you're a Houston fan to root for. Uh, but that uh, main group, that main three guys are will be who I'm going to focus on the most early in DFS. All right, the LA Clippers, they get John Wall, for God's sakes. John Wall's just uh, making a second appearance. Did read a great article. If you have a chance, check it out on ESPN. There's a, a John Wall article. Poor guy really went through some hard times and uh, rooting for him to uh, bounce back and get a little bit more out of his career. But anyway, he is uh, the new addition. Uh, they did lose uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who's a nice backup center in this league. I think they're going to miss his presence off the bench. But other than that, it's just a matter of, the, of them getting their team back and getting him back healthy. And they're going to be a son of a gun, man. You know, when they have their full squad, albeit George and Kawhi Leonard, all you need is those two guys. But from a DFS standpoint, Reggie Jackson's a player. We've seen that. We saw it at the end of last year. 
And the guy puts up DFS numbers. So Jackson and then George and Leonard. Now, obviously, you know, it's one of those scenarios where if one of them sits, it's plug and play for the other guy, just automatic. There's no question about it. But uh, if they're both playing, it's a little bit tougher. We'll watch the matchup. We'll see where it goes. But definitely both guys on any given night can go off. Uh, and then it's thin from there from a DFS standpoint. Uh, Marcus Morris, who you guys know, I play him a lot. I, I like him in clutch situations, but not with all the guns back. And then Zubots has had some nice games. I do expect more from Zubots with Hartenstein not on the team this year. So I think you can expect a little bit more from, from him. And He just never gets the full uh, plethora of minutes, and uh, that always makes it difficult. Um, but Norman Powell off the bench is another wild card. Uh, he's going to be a little too high-priced early on. But, uh, you know, they have a really nice seven- or eight-man rotation and can cause a lot of trouble. But early on, it's going to be, you know, a one-off kind of team generally because of price. And then we'll see how their rotation uh, plays out. All right, real quick, check in Discord because or in uh, chat because I want to see if anybody's talking anything else that we have to look at here. Where are we? I lost my place. There we are. Let's see. Um, hope Wall can give him a spark. Yeah, I know. it was. It's an awful article about Wall. I mean, he was really in a dark place. So I always root for people like that. That is very sad. So unbelievable. It goes to show you, man, it does not matter how famous or rich you are. You got to have it together and got to be in the right kind of headspace or it's, uh, it's difficult times. Um, all right. Let's see. Yeah. Green mature for his age. He's just such a talent, man. He's, he is, he is really a talent and for them to get Jen Goon in that draft was a steal, but, uh, and then they got Porter for free because he was thrown off the calves. So what a fantastic, uh, way to rebound. So they had that disaster where Houston just, they gave everybody away. They lost Harden in that whole fiasco. It was one of the worst scenarios I've seen. And then bang, they've got this great young talented team. Uh, that's, I mean, they're not going to do a whole lot this year, but they're, they're a step away from being a playoff team. I would say uh, once these guys mature. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch and good for them bouncing back so quick. Little monster. How you doing, man? Great to see you in here with us. Uh, we're going to give away a ticket for uh, FanDuel and one for DraftKings for NBA tomorrow night here sometime during the podcast uh, as well. And hopefully those that aren't able to, to join in live right now can listen in uh, here before the, the NBA gets started tomorrow or as it's getting ready to get up and going. And this can give you a nice preview of where to go as far as early DFS plays and what to look for for the season. All right, uh, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, they added Patrick Beverly, of course. That was big news. Dennis Schroeder, which Dennis Schroeder's story is amazing. He passed up like $80 million to sign with the Lakers the year before last, and now he comes back there for like $3 million. So uh, not good business management for Mr. Schroeder. But he's back. Thomas Bryant, Lonnie Walker, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, so they added some, you know, they reshuffled that bench for sure. Uh, gone is Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore, pretty much their whole bench. 
So it looks like, uh, you know, the, the question will be at point guard, what's going to take place? You've got Patrick Beverly, you've got Russell Westbrook, who's nursing a sore hamstring. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to happen with Westbrook, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to be on that team uh, for the long haul. Uh, so between Beverly Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn, and then Lonnie Walker, who's new to the, the table, and Dennis Schroeder. So you've got five guys that are going to be playing the guard spots, and I'm not going to be going to any of them early on in DFS. Not at all. I don't think you can trust the workload in minutes uh, early with any of those guys. So that'll be a wait-and-see process for me with the Lakers. Uh, LeBron looks great. Anthony Davis looks great. And that's, of course, until you know he gets a hangnail, and then we're going to have that whole to the locker room scenario. And I know it's like the almost oversaid thing in DFS, but you can't help it. It happens constantly. I mean, every time it's funny because you roster Anthony Davis, you feel good about it. And sometimes he just breaks the slate. He's awesome. But there's always that in the back of your mind. And tell me it's not true where you're thinking, oh my God, he's just stumbled a little bit there. Is he going to go out? Is it, am I going to lose him for the rest of the game? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that's talk about, uh, uh, crazy, but anyway, he looks very healthy. He looks good. And I think LeBron and Davis, uh, you know, I'm all, all for early on here. I think they're coming in and this is their team completely. No more really third wheel with Westbrook. There's no next guy up. It's those two guys. Center's probably going to be saved, uh, uh, shared between Anthony Davis, of course, when he he'll play four and five, but Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant uh, will also get minutes. And I'm real interested to see who's going to start for sure and how that rotation is going to play out. Uh, they've talked about it several different ways, but I think they're still wanting to keep teams at bay and make some decisions there. So the safe play is either LeBron or Davis, and let's watch how uh, a lot of that settles in in the first couple weeks of the season. But you're going to get some bargains with some of the young guys like a Thomas Bryant or Kendrick Nunn or somebody that's going to have a big role uh, early on. All right. <clears throat> the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, not a whole lot of action for them. They added Danny Green for some reason. Uh, they did uh, draft Jake uh, LaRavia, who's a nice young player. Uh, I think is going to develop into a, a rotational player for them at some point. Uh, they lost uh, slow-mo and DeAnthony Melton. Uh, that's a big loss for them. So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the John Morant show. He's the superstar here. He's proven that he can win DFS games for you. Um, and on the, on any given night, he's a, a terrific play. And Desmond Bain, who we rostered a ton last year, because his price was always right and he hits key shots and he does all the things right out on the court. Uh, Dylan Brooks is one of those enigmas. You know, he was in some of our takedown lineups last year because there are games where he's out there and I think he thinks that he's Michael Jordan. I swear to you, he takes every shot. He's, you know, he's definitely an adept defender and you know, he's, he can be very good, but the problem is when he misses six, seven in a row, he does. He has an extremely short memory, and the ball's going to continue to go up. So he can sink a lineup for you, or he can bring one home. So you got to, you know, got to be a little tepid and play play him in the right spots. But 
you know, it's really the Morant, uh, Morant show, Desmond Bain, and mixing in a little Dylan Brooks. And then you still have Steven Adams at center. Brandon Clark and uh, Sante Aldama are going to play a lot of the four. So you're going to get some value on either one of those guys. They really do love Aldama, though. And he's going to be one of those value plays under the radar that I'm going to use early on because I think he's good and nobody knows anything about him. Um, and he's in their rotation. So I think that's a good guy to put a circle around that, that most people haven't paid any attention to. Uh, Tyus Jones off the bench is solid. Uh, and then they have uh, Xavier Tillman back again. So I think, you know, you're going to get uh, some bench play, but a lot more is going to fall on the shoulders of Morant and then Bain and, Adams, I think, still has a good season of where he'll put up some 14 and 12 games for you and at a cheap enough price at center uh, to get it done. So uh, no question about uh, no question about it. Um, I do. I agree with you guys. I like none. I like Thomas Bryant. I think they're good pickups for them. I, I think Thomas Bryant's an underrated player. I think he can really help them. And he's a good locker room guy, too. Uh, AD going to be MVP. Wow. Okay. I mean, he looks good enough that he could be, but is how many games is he going to get in? That That's the question. So uh, Jaw could be MVP. I think he's not that far behind Luca as far as predictions because they're going to have so much uh, on their shoulders for their uh, two teams. There's no question about that. All right, the Atlanta Hawks. How about we go to the uh, – no, that's uh, – I don't want to switch over to the East already. What am I doing? Uh, we're going to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, it is the addition of Rudy Gobert. Still one of the most crazy moves that I never saw coming uh, to put Rudy Gobert and Cat together. Going to be very interesting. They added slow-mo as well. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley are gone. So really, they have a hell of a team on paper. I'm telling you right now, look out, man. If this gels somehow... Uh, I can't imagine how tough they're going to be. D'Angelo Russell's a stud and Anthony Edwards, if he ever, you know, if he stays focused, I'm always wor worried about, you know, his head, head game here. If he stays focused, his talent is sick and he can be one of the better players uh, in the league. I mean, he's an all-star potential guy without question. If, if he really focuses and, uh, and stays on the right path. And then Jaden McDaniels, the youngster that really took over a big role last year. Good two-way player. He'll play a decent role. A good cheap option that you can go to. The question will be, how are we going to get on here with this Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert thing? I, You know, if you guys follow me in the past and know my lineups, I just have a huge problem when I have any guys sharing responsibilities or positionality and I don't care what anybody says, having two good centers like that or that you're used to getting double-digit rebounds, they're going to have to be taking some of the action away from each other. Now, I understand Gobert's got the range of about three feet, and Carl Anthony Towns is the self-proclaimed, this is true, best big-man shooter in the history of the NBA, according to Cat. Now, I know he won the three-point contest, and yes, he can shoot. So yeah, he's got a different game than Gobert. 
But the bottom line is they're two gigantic seven footers that have been all stars and they're roaming around the paint at a lot of different times and they're going to get in each other's way and they're going to grab some rebounds from each other and some tips and, you know, all that stuff, outlet assists and all the little things that add up. So I hate to say it as much as I think that that they're going to be a much better team. And I think the Timberwolves, once they get that mix going, are going to be dangerous. I'm not going to be going to Towns and Gobert early on. I do not want that Rudy Gobert game of eight points and nine rebounds at that price or a cat game where he has 24 points and four rebounds. I mean, that's not going to get it done. And I just, you know, can sense some of that happening. So uh, it's going to be a wait and see for me on those guys. I would go more towards the D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards side. Um, I just think those guys, you know, uh, again, based on who they're playing, how those teams defend the point guard and two guard, I think they're going to be in play a lot more for me early on. And they have very adept backups. McLaughlin and uh, Noel are good. And they're the backup guards. Uh, and then Nas Reed, they have a third big uh, for Minnesota. So they're not only uh, dangerous, they're deep. And uh, they're going to be a team definitely to keep a close eye on. All right, the New Orleans Pelicans. And uh, I'll tell you what, for, for me, I, I love the guy and I'm rooting for him like crazy. But Zion Williams basically to me is... Anthony, a younger version of Anthony Davis. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I just, his body type, the injuries he's had so far, sometimes he's not in the greatest shape. He does look like he's in shape right now, but I just, he misses a lot of time and he misses time in the rotation. And I know they're going to supposedly let him play this year and go after it, but he's also their franchise. And I think you're going to see times where he doesn't get that extra two to four minute run. And I'm telling you right now, you lose two to four minutes in this game, it's going to knock you out of the money. That's how important it is in DFS to get full run from your guys. Until I see a stretch of time where Zion's getting the consistent minutes, he is not going to be a key component for me. Can he dominate games? Absolutely. No question about it. However, uh, I just don't know if I can trust that at this point. And they're not, you know, he's not alone. He doesn't have to carry this team on his shoulders. C.J. McCollum's terrific. Brandon Ingram, to me, is the best player on that team. I've been in the Ingram corner since day one. That guy is tremendous. And I like the upward aspect of his game. He's the first guy I'd go to on this team early on. I mean, he's smooth. He can shoot it. And he does everything out on the court that you need a DFS player to do. So uh, definitely a dangerous team. If Zion's right and they can get him consistent minutes, uh, they're terrific. Because McCullum, Ingram, Herb Jones, who was a terrific rookie last year, Zion and Joval. I mean, what a nice starting lineup. But here's the thing that's amazing to me. Jose Alvarado, who's an awesome guard off the bench. Awesome. Najee Marshall, who's shown signs trey murphy who's shown signs great bench players for the nba larry nance jr a perfect guy to come off the bench and jackson hayes man that dude is good and those i mean that is a really good 10 and uh they're a team i'm expecting a lot out of from the dfs standpoint again 
Um, it's going to be Ingram on certain nights, McCullum. I think you can even dial up a Zion or Joe Val on certain nights, but I think the pricing has to adjust. Herb Jones had a tendency to be my last man in because he's cheaper and he gets a ton of minutes because they want him on the court, big, big minutes because he's the best defender on the team. So he's assured those minutes. So I'll find, I'll be getting uh, ownership with some Pelicans. There's no question about that. It's just going to be in and out depending on uh, the matchups on any given night. But do not put all your chips in the middle on Zion just yet. Again, I'm rooting for him, and I hope the guy does well and he can be a dominant player in this league. But I need to see uh, some consistency of it uh, from him, basically from a physicality standpoint, that he can hold up. That's really the uh, the, the key issue here. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, let's go on. <clears throat> I always sneeze twice. Um, the Oklahoma city thunder. Good God. I, I, I apologize if you're an Oklahoma city thunder fan, uh, very, very difficult to figure what the heck's going to happen there. I will say this, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to have thunder guys early on three of my favorite guys early on in DFS. So that's why I love having the NBA ticket because games that people think, oh my God, I could never watch this uh, Oklahoma City Charlotte Hornets game. But it and sometimes those games are the most important game for us. I like three guys from this Thunder team early on in DFS. And you'll see me having a couple of these guys in there a lot. And that's SGA, who is going to start the season. There was rumors he was going to be out early on. So he missed a lot of the preseason. Not going to be the first guy plugging initially, but I think he's fine. I think he's going to play, and he's absolutely game changer when he's in there. So SGA will be in there early. Josh Giddy is a, the you know he should have DFS on his jersey because that's the kind of guy that you want for DFS. He is a walking triple double waiting to happen, and he's only going to get better. He's going to shoot the ball even better. He sees the floor incredibly, and he's huge. So he's just a great DFS guy. And don't sleep on Lou Dort. I know we've, we've made fun of him in the past, 3 and D, all of this. And yes, he can have those games where he's chucking and ducking and missing some shots, but the guy can play. He plays his ass off. He gets to rebounds. He gets steals. He'll even grab a few blocks with his undersized body. But he's going to score it. He's the, he's the team leader. You look at that team when they're out on the floor. Yeah, Giddy's the point guard. SGA's their best player. But Dort's their leader. Uh, he's the one that lead, would lead them in a battle. And that's the kind of guy I want on the floor for me because he's going to get all those 50-50 points. The loose ball, you know, he's going to get that extra rebound. He's going to take the clutch shot at the buzzer. So, yeah, Oklahoma City Thunder, guys. I'm on him early, especially Dort, Giddy, and then SGA when he gets it together. After that, you know, it's going to be more of a wait and see. Pokashevsky, we know Poku can have decent games, but I want to see what their rotation really looks like because I have no idea what they're going to do. They have JRE, you know, uh, Darius Baisley. Uh, they have this the, the youngster Jang. They have Kenrich Williams still, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins. The youngster Jalen Williams, who could be the next best guy up, he's been super uh, effective in uh, preseason. He's looking really good. I think Jalen Williams is in their rotation. 
So, and then Trey Mann's still there. So they've just got a million guys. I don't want any of them at all. So to me, you look at the Thunder, you look at Dort, Giddy, and then SGA when he's ready to go 100%, and you don't even think about anybody else. Way too risky. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch them anyway. All right, Phoenix Suns. They added Damian Lee, and that's about it. They lose Jay Crowder and JaVale McGee. Uh, two tough losses, in my opinion. Uh, you know, bones and crunch defensive guys. Uh, get a stop possession guys. I think they're going to miss those those two. I really do. Uh, but, of course, you've always got the option with Paul and Booker. Mikhail Bridges, who was became a very popular DFS target last year, and, and he deserves to be. Another guy that's going to be on the floor for 37 minutes a game because he's the best defender on the floor and he's his offensive game has continued to improve. So always a solid play. This is a year I think Cam Johnson busts out, though. They cleared the way for him. I think he's a stud. And I think that the fact that he's going to be very playable hurts McHale and even Booker and Paul just a little bit because I think he's going to get a lot more shots up than people expect. I think he's going to have a bigger role than people uh, expect. So Cam Johnson's an early target for me. Uh, for those that have been aboard for a long time, I'm not a DeAndre Ayton guy. I just think he's a bit of a choker. I don't think he's a clutch player. And uh, I'm surprised they resigned him, to be honest with you. But it is what it is. Uh, he's He doesn't have McGee to, to snipe minutes from him. He does have like Jock Landale and still has Bismack Biombo there. I just don't want to pay the big bucks on most nights for eight. Now, if it's a team that sucks against centers and it's a particular spot, then, okay, you know, we'll take a look at him on a given night. But, you know, for my money, he's just not one of my my favorite targets. But I am, uh, you know, Booker, I think, is one of the more talented players in the league. It's just his price is always so counterproductive, especially with guys, you know, with, with Paul and Bridges and Cam Johnson out there. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit more difficult to, to get to that number every night. So uh, again, uh, Phoenix is it's going to be a lot dependent on who they're playing and what those matches matchups look like. Uh, I'm not as crazy about their bench though. I think it's a little thinner. They're trying to get Dario Sarge back who missed most of last year campaign. Who's, who's consistent off the bench form um, Landry Shamit who logs some important minutes for him. So they, they do have some guys, but nothing that blows your socks off. So, you know, it's going to be the main guys here. And depending on the matchup and the night, um, you may need a son on the squad. Uh, just having to choose the correct one in the correct spot is going to be the, the key factor. But early on, it would be more Johnson and Bridges for me uh, than anything as far as uh, rostering goes. All right, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, very interesting situation here. They add Jeremy Grant and Gary Payton, and they lose uh, really nothing. Uh, they lose a bunch of guys that aren't any good. So they, they're going to be a team uh, to keep an eye on. I like their starting lineup. Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic. That's a really nice starting five and dangerous starting five. They've got uh, Gary Payton now off the bench. Perfect fit for them off the bench to play D and spark him. This Shaden Sharp, the, the rookie, looks like he's going to be a nice player. And then the, the guys like Nazir Little, Justice Winslow, and Traden Watford, the guys that played last year 
and Drew Eubanks. When everybody sat, they gave up, Lillard was out. Those guys got really important minutes and they produced. So now they've got an adept bench. So uh, I know Portland collapsed last year and they were a disaster, but I think they're going to be better this year. And from a DFS uh, perspective, I think there's going to be nights where you can buy up for Lillard and feel pretty comfortable about it because he has weapons around him now. Um, I think Simons could really turn out to be a good, solid uh, play on a nightly basis at the two because of his ability to shoot it and dish it. Uh, Josh Hart's going to be a wild card. I mean, his there are games where he puts up numbers because we know we've seen how many times you see Josh Hart with 10 or 12 rebounds. It's amazing how he rebounds for a small guy. So I'm going to watch him closely. Where I'm a little concerned, though, is Jeremy Grant's a fine rebounder and a great defender, and Nurkic is a fine rebounder. So you've got some guys that are going to you know, chop up the rebounds a little bit more inside. But I think if they get a mix going, you could have a really good uh, two guys that play off of each other well. Because Nurkic, for a big guy, can pass. And Grant is a 3 and D, can knock down the 3. So I'll find my way to Portland, guys. It's going to generally be in that starting five, but I like all five. I think, uh, you know, depending on the matchup and, you know, the key thing watching early on, especially, is if you have guys that aren't 100% or nursing something or coming back from something. And again, if you're not getting 37 minutes, you're getting 30 or 29 and somebody else is having to extend a little, that's where you want to get it because the points per minute in DFS are so key. And I don't care what anybody says, minutes equal money most of the time. You get your guys in there, you know, the ball's going to bounce your way. You're going to make a pass and a guy's going to make a shot. So it's it's not like some other sports where you have to be called in the play and targeted or whatever. You're going to get an assist or a rebound or whatever the case may be uh, from being on the floor. So we want to target these guys that are going to be getting the, the big minutes early and, uh, Therefore, you know, we'll be getting you all the bang for your bucks. All right, Sacramento Kings. Uh, good Lord, Sacramento Kings. How, who can figure them? But I'll tell you what, I'm sort of thinking they're heading in the right direction. I know that's weird. Sacramento Kings and heading in the right direction, those words are not put together in the same sentence very often. But they have two stars in De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. And they have an up-and-coming rookie who's my pick for the rookie of the year is Keegan Murray. I think this kid can play. He's the real deal. And he showed it in summer league. He showed it in preseason. He showed it. I mean, this guy's going to be a player. And I think he's the immediately like the third best guy on this team. Looks like they're going to start uh, the newly acquired Kevin Herter. They, they added Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, and Keegan Murray. So that's a lot of punch right there to add. And they only lost. DiVincenzo and Holiday and Harkless really didn't need those guys. So, you know, if you have Herter and Monk uh, share uh, with De'Aaron Fox and then Davion Mitchell, who was phenomenal last year, we all saw what he did uh, when Fox was out. I mean, he was uh, not only a great stopper, they, uh, you know, he's whatever uh, off night, I think was his, is his nickname because he's such a defensive stopper. So, you know, He's going to get minutes. Uh, so those guards are going to be terrific and fun to watch. As far as uh, rostering for DFS, 
I'm afraid uh, Herder, Monk, and Mitchell are going to be sharing a little bit more early on. So we're going to watch, wait and see. Herder's big enough where he can play the three, but they still have Harrison Barnes there and Terrence Davis, who, you know, had a really bad injury, but he's back and he's explosive. So they have, you know, some good depth there. Uh, Fox is the safest play early on, but I think you're going to get some guys stepping forward out of that rotation from the other guys. The target for me early on is going to be Murray and Sabonis. I think you've got two really, really good players there that are a perfect fit for each other. Sabonis, like his dad, and I'm so old that I watched his dad play. That's unbelievable that I can't believe it. But his dad was the best big man passer in the history of the NBA. And I'll argue that with anybody. And Sabonis is not only a great passer, but he's a great, he's become a great everything. He can hit the three. We know his in inside game is beautiful. He's got all the post moves and he's a great rebounder. And Murray's going to take all the pressure off of Murray. He'll be able to hit that face up shot. He's athletic. He can get to the glass. And I'm going to have, there'll be days where if Sacramento's playing a team with a weak interior, that I'll have Murray and Sabonis in there. Uh, their backup, backups are Lyles and Holmes. So they'll get, those are backups. They'll get backup minutes. But in every key situation, you're going to have Murray and Sabonis on the floor. And that's why I say I think Sacramento's heading in the right way, in the right direction, because you've got, to me, you know, a, three guys in Fox, Murray, and Sabonis that can get it done. And then a good group of decent young players, other than Barnes, who's pretty much done, but, a, you know, he's got maybe a year or two left, that uh, they can, you know, they can at least give teams trouble. So they're not going to be uh, horrendous. Speaking of horrendous, we're going to go to the San Antonio Spurs. God bless them. I do not know why Pop is still coaching. I respect the man. He's amazing. He I, he is horrible for DFS, though. We've all been popped on any given, you know, day, game. He always kills you with benching guys or playing some bizarre dude or sitting people. He drives you absolutely nuts. But I don't think it's going to matter this year. They're so damn bad. It looks like their starting lineup is Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sokan, the rookie, Jacob, uh, Jakob Pertle. I called him Jacob because that's what Crash calls him. So Crash, if you're listening, Jacob's playing. Jakob Pertle. And then Primo, Josh Richardson, Kata Bates-Jop, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins. Oh, my God. How are they going to win any games? They're the worst team in the league, in my opinion. With worst record, uh, I think they're just going to go for Wenbaya or whatever. That that kid, that kid that's coming up, by the way, to me, the best player I've seen since LeBron James. Honest to God, I saw all the guys come up through the years. This Wimbaya dude, I can't even say his name, but it doesn't matter because he's going to be the best player that's coming to the NBA since LeBron. And I think the Spurs want him. And I think the Spurs get him. I'm, you heard it here first, October 17, 2022. They haven't played a game this season. The Spurs are going to have him. He's going to be their next David Robinson or their next, uh, you know, uh, phenomenal player, uh, Tim Duncan, whatever. And uh, I think he's going to be the best, one of the best players in the NBA within like two years of being in the league. Seriously, trust me on this one. He's He's a incredible talent, incredible size, ability. And 
I think San Antonio is going to be the worst team. I hope to goodness they get the lottery pick and that they can start to rebuild and let Pop go out on a on a high note. Maybe he gets one year of coaching that kid and then he can fly into the uh, retirement. So anyway, that's what I am uh, predicting there. So um, from a DFS perspective, almost very rarely will you see me play any San Antonio guys because I don't think they want to win this year. I don't think they're going to win this year. I think he's going to play the pop kind of rotations like he does. And I just, you know, so on occasion in a desperate spot, a Trey Jones, maybe a Devin Vassell or Jakob Pertle, if it's an emergency, a short slate. But other than that, they're just, they're ready for next year. Uh, they they lose DeJounte Murray, uh, Lonnie Walker, Jock Lindell, Joe Wise, Weiskamp, Devontae Kaycock, Robert Woodward, DJ Stewart. A lot of the ghost guys go, they stink anyway. But you know who they added? Uh, Isaiah Roby, Jeremy Sokan, the rookie, Malik Branham, Blake Wesley, Dominic Barlow, and Jordan Hall. Oh, my God. God bless you, Coat Pop. I'm rooting for you, my friend. All right. How about the crazy ass Danny Ainge. So let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Nobody does it like Danny Ainge. I'm just going to trade every player that's ever been any good in the organization for a thousand draft picks immediately and just do it. And he's done it again. The Utah Jazz are not even the Utah Jazz. I don't know. There's some foreign team I've never seen before. I, I say that and then they do have a backcourt that makes, you know, they've had Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson are back. But Colin Sexton also. So what happens with that trio? Conley's old. He's at his last leg. They'll probably trade him at the deadline to some team in the hunt. So I'm not counting on much from Conley this year. Sexton and Clarkson are both, you know, running gun players that can score it. Hard to trust on a given night. If they get hot shooting, they can win it for you, a game for you. But I don't trust them. I do like a couple of youngsters here, though. I like Jared Vanderbilt and Laurie Markinen. I was very surprised that the Cavs gave up Markinen. I know, uh, you know, they wanted to make that deal and they wanted to to get Mitchell, but man, Laurie Markinen, I know he gets hurt a lot as well, and he's in that category. He's got to prove it. But that dude is really good. He's seven feet tall. Not he can shoot the eyes out of the hoop. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's going to have a big role. He's going to make a lot of my rosters early on in the year. I really like Laurie Markinen. I think this is going to be a perfect situation for him to take his game to almost close to an all-star level. I really do. He's one of my most improved players' uh, picks for this season. Jared Vanderbilt also. I, I mean, he's going to be out on the floor a ton. He's one of those two-way players. Great defender, can finish at the rim, can knock down a few shots. He's got to get more consistent but he has a lot of potential and he's going to have the ability to do it here because they don't have much. So you'll find those guys in a lot of my lineups. And then we all know Kelly Olenek, you know, we, I don't know how he finds a way, but he finds a way to get on a team where he's a key guy and he's probably going to be a key guy here too. Um, so he's going to be cheaper and rosterable and a guy that we know can score it. Now, he can sting it, too, but he's the kind of guy that you have to keep an eye on early on. So Utah, 
as crazy as it sounds and as much of a rebuild as they're in, you know, they added Markin and Sexton, uh, Ogbaji, the, the youngster, who's going to be a nice player too. Vanderbilt, Beasley, Balmaro, THT. THT does not look right to me, though. I saw him in preseason. Looks a little out of shape. I'll be interested to see how he develops in this whole thing. But, of course, they lose uh, Danny Ainge style. You ready for this? Here's who they lose this year. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Whiteside, Pascal, Hernan Gomez, Forrest, House, and Snead. So <laughs> shuffle the deck, uh, Utah, that's for sure. So uh, definitely a team I'll be watching, though, and I'll be rostering some of those uh, forwards there from that squad, and I think they can be uh, very useful. All right, that is the Western Conference. So we're halfway done, my friends. Any other comments? I'm going to read this and take a drink real quick. All right. King of Smack thinks Sexton's going to do all the scoring. He very well could. He's He is an absolute scorer. He has something to prove since the Cavs ran him out of town. Um, so, uh, And he's not shy. He will get shots up. Um, that's no question about it. He does. You know, we'll see what the turnovers look like and all that stuff. Um, Let's see here. A lot of other smart comments in here. Good things. I, I agree. Um, all right. How about we move on? I know we have a, not a huge group in here, but hopefully everybody's grabbing something, getting some uh, information that's going to help them win early because I want to win early and often starting tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go after this. All right. Let's give away the FanDuel ticket, a $10 ticket, 10 bucks. Uh, PayPal, send it over to me uh, at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, send me your PayPal email. You'll get 10 bucks to enter the DraftKings $10 uh, tip off tomorrow. So it's a big one, big giveaway. The winner of the first ticket, the uh, DraftKings ticket, is Rodney Pollard. Rodney Pollard, you are the winner of the ticket. Send me your information. I will send you that. And we'll give one more away after we do the West Conference. We'll do a $10 one for FanDuel as well. Congratulations, Rodney Pollard. Okay, you ready? Eastern Conference, Atlanta Hawks. They add, which I think may be the biggest add of anybody possibly all year going into this season, DeJounte Murray to play alongside of Trey Young, which is arguably one of the top two or three backcourts in the NBA uh, from uh, scoring and defensive combination now with Murray's skills. And then DeAndre Hunter, Collins, Capella back. And then, uh, you know, so they, they're solid, man. They, they did lose Herter, Gallinari, and Wright, but they added Murray, uh, Justin Holiday, and Aaron Holiday. They grabbed two Holidays. And uh, they're going to be tough. Uh, DeAndre Hunter really stepped up, took his game to a new level. Collins, I think, is a terrific player. Capella, we don't know. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of split time between Capella and Okongwu, so I'm not going to be messing with that. I do not like any splitting of time whatsoever. Uh, Bogdanovich is going to be out for a little bit. He's not healthy yet for Atlanta. So you're going to have uh, a lot more Trey Young and DeJounte Murray early on, and both very playable. I'm not going to want to spend up for both of them, but on any given slate, uh, I'd love to roster one of those guys. We know Trey 
obviously can have a million assists and score a million points, but Murray can also add in the rebounds and steals. I mean, that's going to be a DFS uh, backcourt for the ages right there. There are going to be nights where those guys combine for 100 DFS points. I mean, it's possible. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's those two guys. Uh, watching their bench rotation is going to be interesting early on. Holiday, we'll see if Vit Krejci uh, gets any time with them. Trent Forrest, uh, Justin Holiday. Uh, their bench isn't the strongest, but they do have some guys, I think, that uh, that can mix in there. But it's going to be the main guys, you know, Young, Murray, Hunter, and Collins. Those four specifically that I think are going to be your target every uh, night in and out with the Atlanta Hawks. <clears throat> the Boston Celtics add Malcolm Brogdon, which is, is gigantic. Of course, they lose their coach. What a disaster that is. One of the best young coaches in the league. Hate to see that happen. What what a shame that whole scenario is. So be interesting to see how that affects this team uh, for the, the long haul here. They didn't really lose anybody, uh, and they added Brogdon, in my opinion. that It, it really matters. So, you know, they're going to be tough, man. They Derek White fit in really nice with that team. So with Smart Brogdon and Derek White in the backcourt, and then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, a tremendous duo, as we know. Uh, you know, the, the big question is going to be center. So it looks like Al Horford's the man. One more season. He had that season off in Oklahoma City where he didn't even play. So I guess he bought him some, some self uh, some more time. But he's rosterable early on because his backup right now, Blake Griffin, is the backup center, I believe. And Luke Cornett might get some minutes. Danilo Gallinari when he's ready. We know Grant Williams can play big, uh, undersized at times, but right now it's pretty much the Al Horford show and he'll make some lineups for me. Um, I always have a hell of a time between Tatum and Brown. I really do. And it's one of my, the things that really bugs me because I'm, I never feel like you can get enough bang for your buck playing both guys. I just don't believe that in their system and the way it works, one of them generally is going to let you down and the other one is going to get it done or they both sneak by, but nobody's going to break the slate for you. Very seldom will you have you know a guy break the slate and the other guy just doesn't do anything. Now, if one of them sits or is limited, then it's plug and play on the other guy. You know, It's like we've always said, LeBron and AD, one sits, you just lock the other guy in. It almost has become that for me with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, you know, I do think Brogdon will help them, though, with Smart and White. It's not going to be strictly on Brown and Tatum to do all the scoring. Um, but when they're both in there, it makes it a bit tougher. So I'm not real high on early rostering of the Celtics guys just because of the split minutes, the team atmosphere that they developed there. But I do have a little tendency to old man Al here because I think they're a little thin at the big and he is an adept double digit rebounder. If he stays healthy, um, they're going to be all right. If he gets hurt though, they're in deep trouble at center. There's no question about it. So it'll be interesting to follow how that progresses uh, through the season. The Brooklyn Nets, that drama and nightmare. What a what a crazy scenario that is. Guys want in, guys want out. Guys are going to play, not going to play. Craziness. But how's it all going to work out? The Ben Simmons fiasco. It's You couldn't write a script for a, a daytime soap opera that would be more confusing or uh, you know, weaved in and out of craziness than the Brooklyn Nets. 
So what do they end up with? It looks like a starting lineup probably of Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Royce O'Neal, Kevin Durant, and Nick Claxton. So very interesting there. Kevin Durant looks like Kevin Durant has looked forever. I think he sold his soul to the devil back when he was at the University of Texas. I saw him play in person at the University of Texas for a game. So that's pretty cool. I know I'm old, but uh, yeah, I did see him play one game there. He was dominant then. He looks exactly the same now. So I don't know how a guy doesn't age, but yes, his hair is a little baldy and stuff, but his body's the same. He shoots the same, moves the same. He's going to play 30 whatever minutes he wants to play. The dude's just ridiculous. And he's always a DFS play, always an option. I don't care who's on the floor with him. We know Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot it. So it's going to be he and Kyrie taking the shots. Uh, I do think Ben Simmons' presence, though, defensively and dishing the ball uh, is going to help Durant and Irving. I really do. I think he's, when he gets into a good uh, flow with them, and if he can get out of his own way and out of his own head, uh, I think he could be a dangerous, dangerous player for them. So I think KD's a great play on any given night. He's one of my favorite plays. Uh, and Kyrie Irving, uh, you certainly, you know, can always play him as well. I mean, those two guys are terrific. There's no mystery to that, but I'm not downgrading either one of them. I think they're in a better situation right now than they were last year. I really do. Uh, certainly we don't have the whole mandates with COVID, so we don't have all that drama with Kyrie. So, you know, you really can use those guys a lot. And then after that, you know, do you trust Ben Simmons? Not much early on for me. I, I mean, I know he's going to rebound, get steals, do all that. Is he going to score enough and be able to put up all those other statistics? I mean, he could. I mean, he's obviously triple-double material any night. So uh, just need to see a little bit first. I don't think you have to overreact to him early on. Um, Royce O'Neal's always going to be maybe a lot, very, very emergency last guy in. But, you know, there's going to be games where he goes uh, and doesn't do that much at all. So he may play 35 minutes and get 15 fantasy points. So be very wary there. Joe Harris, if when he's ready and at full speed, will be the man there. Uh, but he's just not completely ready yet not 100% by any stretch, and may not even start in the rotation. So I'm going to be avoiding that. I do like Nick Claxton, though. I've been a Nick Claxton fan since he was a rookie. Uh, he happened to be one of the guys that uh, Dawson and I saw in the Summer League. And he's just, he's a presence. He can fly. He's got good on the, you know, nose-to-the-ball skills. He's going to score. He's going to rebound. He's going to block shots. I think he's a sneaky, cheaper center that you can get away with on a lot of nights. And Dayron Sharp's a, a decent backup. Um, not that I'd roster him, but on games if Claxton goes down because he does get hurt a lot, Sharp is not the worst person to go to uh, as the backup if he's starting the game. So no, no mysteries there. Pretty much what everybody probably thinks, but uh, that's where my mindset is there. Joe Harris is back. Okay, he is back, and I, I, I see that I, MB, but I just don't think he's 100%. I love Joe Harris. I love his three-point ability, and uh, but I would not play him the first week or two at least until you see that he's really sound. He missed a ton last year, and he missed a lot of the preseason, so I would be very, very close, uh, you know, 
very tight watching that early on before I uh, rostered them. Um, let's see. We're just testing. It's so important. for them. Yes, yes, absolutely. Earl Tyson, what's up, my friend? How are you, buddy? Uh, glad that we finally got you connected and, and all that stuff done. Great to have you in here with us. Um, all right, we move forward. Charlotte Hornets, they lose Dennis Smith Jr., Mark Williams. They add, uh, I'm sorry, they add Dennis Smith Jr., Mark Williams. They lose Miles Bridges. What a, I, that's one of the saddest things in the world, man. Miles Bridges had this terrible uh, domestic violence thing, and he's not playing right now. And that was a guy that just, his game just took off last year. So very disappointed to see that. They lose Montrez Harrell as well. And then LaMelo Ball uh, hurt his ankle. He's not going to play Wednesday. Uh, he'll be back probably in a week or so. So no LaMelo Ball early on. So that really makes Terry Rozier a target early on. He will be in a lot of my lineups. Gordon Hayward, do you see his wacky haircut? What a He like dyed his hair and it's cut way back. I'm worried about Gordon Hayward. But anyway, he's good and I'm going to use him. But uh, uh, not sure what he's what look he's going for there. But more power to you, Gordon. Uh, at least you have hair, buddy. Um, so Rogier for sure early on, especially with ball out. Hayward a target that's going to go under own. PJ Washington is a guy, man. He was on my biggest takedown last year. He had one of those you know two percent own games, pretty cheap, and he had like fifty. He's he's an odd guy though. He'll throw fifty burgers up. And then all of a sudden he'll pick up three fouls and look like he's not even on the court. I mean, he's definitely not a focus head in the game kind of guy, but when he hits those spurts, when he's good, he's really good. So let's hope he takes that next step this year. Cause he can be a consistent, good play in your DFS lineup. Um, I think he's going to have a bigger role this year. I really do. Uh, Mason Plumley uh, is Mason Plumley. I mean, you know, on, Nights where they're playing, uh, you know, they're playing a team without a, a good interior. He can get you a double double. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he does have a youngster in Nick Richards and Mark Williams from Duke, who's a shot blocker, that'll all get minutes. So a little worried about the minutes allotment there um, for their bigs in Charlotte right off the bat. But uh, I do think Cody Martin is going to be a big part. He's going to start. Um, and I think Cody Martin's another guy because he can grab you DFS points in a lot of spots. I'm not going to start Rogier and Martin early on, but I will be using both of them with, when ball's out with Hayward and a little Kelly Oubre and P.J. Washington. That's going to be their main group. Uh, but when ball's back, he's the target if he's healthy. Uh, he looked terrific in preseason before he hurt his ankle. Shooting the ball wet better. And even more consistent, and we know he can do everything out on the floor, and he plays really hard. So uh, Hornets are going to be a nice target. I think you can get some some lower ownership guys and guys like Hayward and Washington early on, and Martin that can uh, make a difference in uh, really cashing in lineups. All right, Chicago Bulls. They add Andre Drummond as a backup center, which I think is a great ad, terrific ad for them. Goran Dragic as well. So they're they're not messing around. They're wanting to win now, and it's understandable. They lose Troy Brown and Tristan Thompson. But it looks like it's they're going to run with Dasunmu at point, with Dragic splitting time with him there, so you know what that recipe spells for me. Zach Levine was backed up by Caruso. 
DeMar DeRozan, who we, you know, we saw last year, that stretch he had was absolutely outrageous. Uh, I don't know if he can put that up again. I think he's a little overpriced early on, but again, a guy when he's on is phenomenal and somebody to keep an eye on. Um, Javante Green is a, an up and comer and Patrick Williams. Those two guys, I like both of them. That's the sad part about this is I like them both, but as of right now, I'm not going to play either one because I think they're going to split minutes. They both need to play. They're both important to that team, but it's going to kill us in DFS. I mean, if I'm coaching the team, I love it because you have two guys. They're going to be fresh. They're young. They're good. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to get enough contribution or minutes to make a DFS bump for us. Uh, Vuk is definitely going to be shaved a little by Drummond. I mean, let's face it. Vuk is Vuk. He's good on any given night. You can play him. However, his price is high. He's not just a dominant rebounding guy. And when you have Andre Drummond on the bench, who can be very explosive at times, uh, they're going to use him more because Vuk's not any younger. He's going to lose a few minutes. So not going to be a target for me a lot this season. I like him. I'm a big Vuk guy, but I just, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be steering differently. I think the Bulls are not going to be a key target for me this season unless something turns around. Zach Levine on specific matchups will be. DeMar DeRozan on specific matchups will be. Those two guys, uh, depending on the night, uh, will be targets. Everybody else, though, right now, I would not go there. I just don't feel that you're going to get enough bang for your buck or punch that are going to make a difference uh, DFS-wise for you. All right, the Cleveland Cavaliers. This ought to be very interesting this year to see where they're at because, uh, you know, adding Donovan Mitchell and how that's going to fit, what is that going to do? Darius Garland was one of my favorite plays last year. He was, you know, I owned him probably in my top 10 most owned guys last year because he just consistently brought it every night. He can score it, can dish it, he's consistent. But having Donovan Mitchell on the court with him, I got to see how that's going to flow because I still think it's Garland's team. But Mitchell is a, you know, he's an all-star. So how is that going to fit? And then, of course, you've got one of my favorite guys, but it's terribly scary to trust him because of minutes is Karis LeVert. I, I think LeVert is completely underrated. He's an unstoppable scorer in this league in on specific nights. And, you know, to have Garland, Mitchell, and LeVert up front like that, good Lord, that's you talk about pressure on the defense. Um, but is that going to translate to DFS points to take down lineups? I mean, that's the difficult part. Their bench isn't any good, personally, in my opinion. So you're going to get a lot of those three guys. You know, you've got all your, you know, run-on guys, Neto and Okoro, Stevens, Osman, Wade, you know, unplayable guys that'll get some minutes. But really, it's all going to be Garland, Mitchell, and Lavert, in my opinion. Uh, and Lavert seems to get the short end of the stick on the minutes and rotation at times. So, man, I'm, you know, I'd go to Garland first, but he's expensive. But I am not, like, ecstatic that anything's going to be falling on all of these shoulders because not only are they going to be sharing the ball, but they have two terrific adept big men, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. I mean, they're terrific. And Jared Allen is a target for me early on. Mobley missed some time. He's just, you know, he's still very young. He's a baby. He's going to be a great player. But 
Allen's still the guy. He's a shot blocker, scorer, pick and roll. These guys are going to be, you know, Garland and Mitchell are going to be getting the ball at the rim. I mean, he's he's one of the best alley-oop dunk dudes in the league, if not the best. I mean, he'll go get it, and he's going to knock it down. So uh, I think Allen's a great target early on. Um, Mobley, I got nervous last year, you know me, with my paranoia of, of splitting stats. And Mobley was sniping a little bit from Allen here and there. And there were times when Mobley'd get a rotation at big. But I really think they want Allen, uh, Mobley to settle in more at the four and they've committed to them playing the Twin Towers, if you will, at a 4-5 spot. So I think Allen's safer this year. Kevin Love is strictly going to be an off-the-bench uh, veteran presence for them. So he's not going to be the big impactful guy. It's going to be Mobley and Allen, and then you'll have some help off the bench from Wade Love and Robin Lopez, but nothing to really uh, worry about taking away from those big guys. I do like Cleveland. I think People are, are sleeping on them. I think that they could be um, very dangerous. I think they're like a five seed in the East. I know a lot of people won't agree with that, but I think they're talented enough. If they gel, if Mitchell and Garland can make it work and they can keep Levert in that rotation, keep the bigs healthy, uh, I think they're going to be a playoff team that they're cause a little bit of trouble uh, for, for matchup-wise for teams this season. So, I am high on the Cavaliers. All right, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they're adding uh, Bogdanovich. They got him for nothing. Burks, Noel, Knox. They lose Jeremy Grant, Saban Lee, Kelly Olynyk, Frank Jackson. So uh, let me talk a little bit about Jaden Ivey. He's my other favorite pick, second to Keegan Murray for Rookie of the Year. I think Jaden Ivey's a stud. I think he was the... Biggest steal in the draft. I think he is a starter in this league. I think he's got John ja Morant qualities. I really, I, I mean, he's good. And to play alongside Kate Cunningham, if I had to choose, if you said you have to start a franchise right now and, and you have Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey as your starting backcourt, I'm going to be pretty excited about that because those are two guys I think that are going to be stars in this league. And if they play together, and learn how to get it done. You know, we're looking at like the way Lillard and McCollum were together. I'm serious. That's how much I think these guys can be good. And I, you can call me an overstatement or getting way ahead of myself. It's not going to happen this year, but within two years, these two guys, I mean, they're again, they're babies, they're 20 or whatever. So, but I love the talent. I love their winning attitude, their nose for the ball, their intelligence of the game. Ivy's mom was a coach. You can't underestimate those things. Uh, I think her mom, his mom was the coach at Notre Dame, women's coach. When you, when you get that, you know, you teach a kid from when they're small, what the game is like that, it's, they play at a different level. And then you're gifted with, you know, God-given talent like that. It's, it's all over. So you've got a tremendous young backcourt in Cunningham and Ivy with really adept backups. I mean, Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph, Alec Burks, those guys are nice backup players to come in and spell the youngsters. Then you've got uh, Sadiq Bey, who really stepped up as a youngster last year. He's a scorer. And then getting Bogdanovich for nothing, perfect match for them. I mean, he's going to knock down every three and just a good presence out on the court, plays hard. And then you've got uh, the big man, Isaiah Stewart, who – 
looked terrific at times last year. He made a lot of my lineups. And I like his young backup, Jalen Duran. I know he's super young and he ha- he's very raw, but this guy is a defensive stopper and another guy that can get go get the ball at the rim and dunk it. So uh, I'm real high on the, the, the uh, Detroit Pistons. I think that they're not going to be great this year, but they're going to take huge steps forward. And if you're a Pistons fan, this has got to be the most excited you've been in probably 10 years at least because uh, you've got a real semblance of a winning team here uh, you know that that is gonna that has a good future. So I'm rooting for the Pistons. I like the Pistons. Indiana Pacers. This is pretty interesting here. Not sure what old Rick Carlisle's doing there. Sort of bizarre uh, the way they moved guys around last year. Some odd moves, but you know what? We'll see if it works out. They added Tice and Nesmith, but they lost Brogdon, Rubio, TJ Warren, Dwayne Washington, Lance Stevenson. I don't know. So it's the Tyrese Halliburton show and Buddy Heal. Those guys are going to be the go-to guys. Chris Duarte showed last year that he could do very well when given the opportunity, and he should get that again. So those are going to be your scores um, in the, in the uh, backcourt. Uh, Halliburton, the number one target. I think he's, you know, uh, could be an all-star guard down the road and a good target there. I really like Jalen Smith. I, I thought he was an absolute steal when they got him for Phoenix from Phoenix for nothing. I don't know why Phoenix gave up on him. He is a talented kid and he can play the four or five. Uh, I hope he gets the minutes he deserves because he's a DFS points per minute guy. If Jalen Smith is in there, he's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to grab you a block, a steal. Uh, you know, he's he's a nice player, another guy on the cheap to make your lineups that can get it done. So keep an eye on Jalen Smith. Miles Turner uh, with no Sabonis there now for the year and him being the go-to big. We know that he can block shots and rebound. There's no question about that. One of the better ones in the league. And if they go to him to score it, Um, you know, maybe this is the year he really does step up and take his game to, uh, the next level. Cause he hadn't, uh, really, I don't think the whole thing with Sabonis worked great for him, to be honest with you. And I think that you may see a big upturn, uh, in his overall performance now that he's the big inside and, uh, uh, playing, you know, full center without having to split it with Sabonis. So I think uh, Turner's a good play early on uh, also. So really Halliburton Turner with uh, a little heeled Duarte and Smith, because I think those are going to be the key guys. Yes, their bench is okay. TJ McConnell's going to have a rotational piece. Uh, Nesmith, Mathurian, the the rookie. Mathurian looks good. He's going to be in their rotation. Uh, And then a little, but you'll get a little help from Brissett and Isaiah Jackson and Goga. Uh, enough just to muddy the waters a little bit, but uh, not sure. Not sure exactly what Indiana's doing, but um, certainly going to have some players that we can use DFS-wise. Now, a team that looks like they are going in the right direction is, uh, let's see, MB says, Ivy is the best guard since Zeke Thomas. Oh, wow, okay. I love that call. That is that is gutsy, and that's that's my time going back. Um, and MB also agrees on Jalen Smith. 
MB from my basketball school of thought here. I love it, man. King of Smack likes Sadiq Bay. I do like Sadiq Bay, but I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of scores on that team now. He doesn't have to score as much as he did before. So uh, it'll be very interesting. Just Cap now finally coming to town. What's up, man? You're in time for some of these squads. No doubt about it. Good to have you back in here with us. Um, David, you better win that uh, Millie Maker. Uh, oh, you, you had the ticket. That uh, and you didn't win it from boy from Cali, David. Come on, dude, get it done. We need you to get it done. All right, Miami Heat. They add just to confuse people, Nikola Jovic, not Nikola Jokic. So say those two when they're playing against each other really fast. Good luck with that. He's their rookie. Uh, they lost PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris' spine is still being fused, I think, from when. Um, the MVP snapped him in half, but uh, that's that was uh, craziness. Anyway, the Heat, very interesting here. Jimmy Butler's hairdo. First of all, let's just say Jimmy Butler, you're you're a wild man, dude. I, I'm not. I would love to get inside Jimmy Butler's brain for like five minutes because he is one interesting cat. That's all I'll say. But hopefully, he doesn't keep that WNBA hairdo there. It's really annoying. Anyway, uh I expect him to have a phenomenal year, though. I really do. I think he's going to be good. Uh, I think Lowry, Hero, Hero's going to start now. So you've got that aspect of things. Uh, I think that's going to, you know, they gave him the big money. Hopefully that doesn't, he's the kind of guy that can definitely let it go to his head. So Hero needs to keep the foot on the pedal because uh, if anybody can, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that could let up a little. Now, Butler hopefully kicks his ass and keeps him in in place and working hard, but uh, we're going to see how that rolls. But Lowry, Hero, Struess, and Vincent will be their rotation at guard. Um, Jimmy Butler, of course, an, always a great play, backed up by Oladipo. Uh, the interesting part is they're, I think they're going to give Caleb Martin a starting role and a lot more opportunity to be a big part of this team. He's he does a lot DFS wise. So Caleb Martin, another cheap target value guy, because he's going to get you some steals, rebounds, can finish at the rim. Um, he's for his size, he's good. He's the better of the two Martin twins by far, in my opinion. And I think uh, I think he's he's going to have a nice season. So I think you want to keep an eye on him. The guy I'm going to focus on the most, though, I'm, you're going to see a lot of Bam out of Iowa in my lineups. Uh, I think this, you know, uh, I read an article where uh, Haslam is turning over the, his captain spot that he's had for 15 years, literally, uh, to Bam. He wants Bam. It's Bam's team, he said. It's time for him to take the, the over. And I think Bam steps up this year. This, I think he had a really shaky second half last year where there were games where he just didn't look like he showed up. I don't know what happened or why that took place. But I think it's refocused time for him. I think he has a breakout year, big minutes. If he stays healthy, Bam is going to be a big target for me uh, early on, right out, right out of the shoot. And I think he's going to have some big uh, takedown kind of games DFS-wise. All right. The Milwaukee Bucks, Josh Crash Davis's team. What do I want to say about Milwaukee? They stink other than Giannis. Nah, just kidding. Just kidding, Crash. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Um, let's see here. 
I don't understand Bam at center. Why? What don't you understand? He is he is a phenomenal center. He can finish with the best of them at the rim, block shots. Uh, one of the best blocks I've ever seen in the history of basketball, other than LeBron's block on that dunk, was that block he had in uh, at the rim in the in the bubble. Uh, amazing. Um, all right. So let's get back to this. The Bucks. Drew Holiday, of course, great player, great play any given night, especially in the fact that I don't like the other guards for the Bucks. Hate to say it, Crash, but Hill, Matthews, Allen are all just okay. So Drew Holiday is going to be an, an obvious, normal target for me that I'll be playing a lot of this year. Uh, Chris Middleton's health, if he's back fully and ready to go, always a great play. His price is usually fair enough, and he can get you – stats all the way around are they going to be slower with him progressing that that's something we have to watch and see what's going to take place there but certainly somebody to watch i mean Giannis is probably one of the most secure plays uh on any you know any slate i would say right now it's to the point where luca Giannis, and the joker those three guys are almost must to have one of them on a full card for example because one of the three of them is probably going to get 75 fantasy points or 80. I mean, it's just those are the three most dominant DFS players in the game right now. And Giannis is playing fantastic. He's healthy. He's a play every night if you can afford him. And uh, I think he's in the same kind of spot he's been in. I don't expect any regression from him whatsoever. And uh, it's just the question if you can afford his salary. Um, same rotation. Other than that, Lopez, Portis, Connaughton, Aura, they really didn't change anything. They added Ingles and Bochamp, the the rookie. They lost nobody. So, you know, they get Middleton back, who they missed horribly in the playoffs. And if he was there, they may have advanced. So uh, dangerous, dangerous team. They'll probably be in the top two in uh, the East most of the year if they stay healthy. And I think Giannis and Holiday are two monster targets early on. And I don't mind playing both of them together. I think they're both extremely targetable early on. All right, the New York Knicks and my pain spot, Jalen Brunson. That just, that's going to bother me all year long. I'm still very, very angry about it, but it is what it is. I think he's going to be terrific for the Knicks. I mean, he's, he's in the situation he wanted to be. He grew up a Knicks fan. His dad is a stinking assistant coach on the Knicks. He's they're giving the ball to him. He's got the keys to the car. Derrick Rose is at the very end of his career is nothing but a backup. So Brunson, you can play him any, you can play him any night. And we know Tibbs. Let's just face the facts right now. We all know it. Let's get it over with. He doesn't sub. He plays the same guys for 40 minutes. Like every night you're going to see Brunson, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall. Those three guys are going to be three of the top six or seven in minutes played in the whole league. So book that. So those three guys, you want exposure to them all the time because you're going to get more of a run than anybody else. You're also going to get big run from Evan Fournier and Mitch Robinson. And uh, don't uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, Sartenstein's not bad as the backup for Mitch Robinson. Robinson. Now you've got an injured Obi Toppin at the beginning of the year. He'll get a few minutes off the bench and a little bit of him on quickly. But the bottom line is, he doesn't sub. He's going to use his guys. Brunson, Barrett, Randall specifically, specifically are huge targets 
Fournier and Mitchell for cheaper guys uh, are also going to get good enough run. So I think Knicks are going to be key for you in your DFS builds strictly because of Tibbs and the way he coaches. No doubt about it. All right. The Orlando Magic. Very interesting to see here. I was watching the game where Suggs hurt his knee. I thought he was done for the year. Not only is he not done for the year, I read that today that he's starting game one and with no restrictions. So you don't have to worry about Suggs. Cole Anthony was an automatic plug and play for me because I thought Suggs was out. So I'm having to shuffle the deck a little bit. But Cole Anthony's still a good play. Uh, Suggs, obviously now I need to see it to believe it, but uh, I do love Jalen Suggs. I think he's going to be a nice player. But uh, let's see how that comes together here as far as that knee and how hard they really do push him. They did say no limits, though. Uh, Franz Wagner had some decent games last year as a cheap last guy in. But I think some of that's going to change this year with, with Paulo Banchero. Ban, Ban, Banchero, Banchero. I can always always want to say with the CH sound, but it's Banchero. Um, is, he's really good. He's the... The player to beat for Rookie of the Year, no question about it. Uh, he's going to immediately be a number one option for them. And so, you know, he's the only rookie coming in, in my opinion, that will be a number one option for a team. I, I think he's great. I do love Murray and Ivy as much, though. But I think, you know, Bancaro is very playable because he is a double-double, nightly double-double. Uh, and we'll see, you know, the – it's incredible what his ceiling could be. He could be a really, really good player in this league. Um, Chumo Kiki off the bench. will get some minutes behind him, but Ben Caro's really good. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I think is a really nice player too. I think he's, uh, he's going to be a very solid play on any given night. I think he'll get a lot of those rebounds inside early on. Um, and I, he's going to get a lot of rostering from me. They still sign Mo Bamba as the backup, but it's it's Wendell Carter's job through and through. He's going to get the majority of those minutes. So um, at times you can go Anthony or Suggs, um, but really Ben Carroll and Carter are more of a target for me, especially early on for Orlando. Do we have any other comments here? Let's see. Bucks will struggle because of the bench. Josh trying to set the bar low. I know how Josh thinks. He wants to set the bar low, so then everything is a plus. All right, my friend. We know we know where you're at. They're going to be fine. They don't. How much of a bench do you need when you have Giannis and Drew Holiday and all those guys? Um, let's see. Baseball talk at the end of the show. We'll talk anything you want, Tony A. That's what I'm here for, man. Uh, yes, Bancaro is NBA ready more than any other player in the league. Although Murray and Ivy don't uh, don't think those guys are not ready to lace them up right now because they are for sure. Uh, Bucks are easily out of the mix for the finals, according to Crash. Now I'm just teasing you, Crash. You can't respond, so I can say whatever I want. Crash is saying the Bucks stink. Giannis is washed. Uh, Holiday and Middleton are getting traded. No, I'm, I'm totally messing with you. All right, so how about we move forward and get this on the road and get this done? We go on, my friends, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Very, very good team. My pick to win the East, actually. So go ahead and chew on that for a minute, Mr. Uh, Crash, because 
James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, the perfect fit for that group, and Joel Embiid. Good Lord, what a matchup. Harden obviously still can play like a superstar. Maxey is an up-and-coming all-star. Tobias Harris, terrific, terrific ball player all the way around. P.J. Tucker, perfect compliment. Joel Embiid, maybe the MVP, maybe was the MVP last year. Um, great team. Uh, their their bench is just fair. They did add DeAnthony Melton and Montrez Harrell. Smart adds there. And they have Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel. So they have enough off the bench. But I think they are a really good team. And depending on the matchup, the great thing about having P.J. Tucker is he doesn't take away uh, DFS points from you. So you've got James Harden and Maxi and Embiid and then even Harris where you can roster those guys and, and feel pretty comfortable. They're going to get to their number. Now Harden's price has come down some and that's a good thing. It's, it makes them playable. And I think those guys are all going to get big minutes. If they stay healthy, Doc's got this rotation set. Uh, they're going to be a dangerous team. And I think they're going to, you're going to need to have some Sixers, uh, you know, to take stuff down. Embiid's definitely one of the most rosterable centers. He's not that far behind the, the three group of Luka, Giannis, and the Joker. I would put Embiid as the next guy on that list. And so I think, uh, you know, having Maxi and Harden and Harris, though, they do, he get does have more support than, than the other three guys I just mentioned, especially Luka, and uh, Joker, where it's more their show. But, uh, you know, again, you know, th that's the decision, and it's going to be matchup-based. Who are they playing? Who are they, Who's guarding them at center? Uh, how is all of that going to look? So um, certainly Philadelphia going to be high up on the list and very important to uh, roster. Toronto Raptors, sort of a, an interesting enigma here. Nick Nurse, I think, is one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, he added just Otto Porter. They lost really not much of anything. Uh, the question will be, you know, how healthy do they stay? You know, how much, how many steps forward do the youngsters take, like Scotty Barnes, especially? Uh, he showed signs of being a hell of a DFS player. Scotty Barnes could be the guy that can get you some triple doubles even. He's that good. Uh, Van Vliet, certainly always a good, good target. You know, he's going to play his eyeballs out. Uh, Gary Trent had some good games toward the end of the year, playable. Um, OG wasn't as good when he came back from the injury, but if he's healthy prior to that, he was putting up some really good sneaky numbers in DFS. But Scotty Barnes really is the guy to focus on. And then your your uh, last guy to mention will be the most expensive in this group is Pascal Siakam. But that's a guy that to me, he's sort of a ball hog, if you will. I mean, he's going to want every shot. He's going to go after it. I mean, you want guys like that on your DFS team. Push your own teammate the heck out of the way and give me the ball. I'm going to go get it and I'm going to score it. And you do want that. It's just there are times when he's off that he can sink the ship. So he's has a tendency to make more of a GPP lineup for me because he can win it for you, no doubt. But he also can... Uh, be a bit risky. So uh, more, more focused on Barnes. And when I have enough salary, Van Vliet, and then again, Siakam, those would be really the go-to guys. After that, not interested in, uh, in bench on down. 
All right, Washington Wizards. You've got added Will Barton, Monte Morris. So they added the Denver guys and uh, DeLon Wright. They lost Thomas uh, Bryant, uh, KCP, and Raul Neto. So we'll see uh, how this team flows together. Bradley Beal, obviously, uh, always a, a good target. Uh, certainly can win a game for you. Uh, he'll be paired in the backcourt with Monty Morris. I'm expecting Monty to have a better year uh, now that he's got the reins of a team and a running mate in the backcourt with Beal. So Morris will make some lineups for me. Uh, Beal as well. Uh, not sure about the huge dilemma they have. They have a million guys at like small forward. Will Barton, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, Rui Hashimura, the, the rookie Johnny Davis, uh, on and on. I don't know how they're going to get minutes for all these guys. And I, I don't want any part of that nightmare right now. You have Kyle Kuzma, who's, uh, was a fantastic DFS player last year, uh, exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And he was, he was really good. And I, I got a lot more respect for Kuzma last year than I had prior DFS wise. He will make some of my lineups and he's a scrapper. No doubt about it. Um, Kristaps Porzingis, you know how I feel about him. I'm not a fan. Uh, he's, you know, right, not too far behind Anthony Davis for the wimpiness factor. And you don't know when he's going to go out with a twist or a tweak or a pull. And that's always a concern. Yeah, he can knock down everything and cause tremendous troubles, but he's expensive and uh, I don't trust him as much. And he's going to lose some in interior play to Daniel Gafford. And, uh, and, you know, I just don't know, you know, if he's knocking the threes down, Kristaps is playable, not going to be a target for me. I'd prefer to go to Kuzma, Beal, or even Morris at this point. All right, my friends, that is every team in the damn NBA. No stone unturned. That's everybody. That's my uh, look at each team, where to focus early on what to look at. It's been an hour and 40 minutes for goodness sake. So I appreciate everybody that stayed with me the whole time. You guys are absolutely awesome. You're definitely crazy NBA people like me. I hope this helped you uh, because I put it all on the line every day. Like I attack like when I played and when I coached, I, I play like it's my last day to ever play NBA DFS. That's the way I look at it. And if you approach it that way, it's like, this is the one I'm going after. I'm taking it down. We're going to get it done. So JK Lawrence, how are you, man? Thank you for sticking with me uh, through all of this. And King of Smack, Niles Simmons. We're going to give away one more ticket. We have another $10 ticket. Rodney Pollard won the first one for DraftKings. We have a $10 ticket for FanDuel. We're going to give away as well. I'm going to hit the button and somebody is going to win that. Definitely uh, check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk and send me your PayPal email and I will send you the 10 bananas for the FanDuel contest. The winner is Just Cap. No, you can't win. Nice try. Just Cap now got selected and he's part of the team. Too bad, buddy. You're eliminated. We got to redraw. Got to re-hit the button. No Just Cap now. The winner is Aaron Sampson, S-A-M-S-O-N, Aaron Sampson. You are the winner of the second ticket. So shoot that over to me. 
So hopefully that gives you a good feel. We, we touched it all. Uh, we will keep you up on all the news. We're going to do seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts throughout the year. If you want to join us for the Luca special, it's on the bottom of the screen. Definitely jump on that. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. On the way out here, if you're watching on YouTube and you stuck through the whole thing, give us a final thumbs up. And uh, we really do appreciate that. Subscribe and hit the alert button. I cannot believe I've been on for an hour and 45 minutes, but we hit all 30 teams. It's We got it done, man. You're ready. We're going to kill it. So have a great season. Appreciate all of you, your family, and we're going to take down some big contests together throughout the season. So thank you, everybody. Have a great evening. Oh, okay. Before I go, uh, I will be posting for members baseball uh, tonight for that single game, Cleveland and New York. I'll be uh, going through that. And Crash and Steven will be posting for the Monday night football game tonight. Uh, so that should be interesting as well. So I want to mention that we're going to be diving in very shortly here to get those things posted for you. So thanks again, everybody. Have a great evening and we'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS and boom fantasy.